asking questions and learning to ask questions well is a form of freedom. The difference between somebody who has a little success in all areas of their life and somebody who is vastly successful is one thing only, the ability to comprehensively ask and know the principles and philosophies of asking the right questions in the right way so they're doing the right thinking to get the right results right here and right now. You don't get what you deserve in life. You get what you ask for and asking you shall receive, right? And it was always by digging deep and asking ourselves those questions because every time you ask a question, you get another idea. You keep asking questions. Suddenly a solution comes to you that wasn't there before. You ask another question. You suddenly get an illumination. We stand today. The business method with a shadow. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring high-performing entrepreneurs and high-caliber people dissecting their different methods, tools, and strategies so we can apply them to our businesses and lives. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built seven-figure businesses that can be ran anywhere in the world. And currently, we are interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business, affect income, results, economies, and cultures, especially post-COVID. Since we moved into a post-pandemic world, the landscape has changed drastically for most business owners. We're finding out what is working for the entrepreneurs out there that have positioned themselves well to make sure their businesses thrive, succeed, and continue to experience growth in this current economy. And now... Let's hop into today's show. The Business Method. Hey, gals and pals, listen up real quick because we have something exciting to share with you. First, for you high-performing entrepreneurs out there, we've taken the most powerful tips and tricks from over 400 episodes that our guests have shared on how to optimize their own personal performance, and we've made them into digestible micro-podcast episodes that are just two to eight minutes long. These high-performance episodes are being published on Monday and Friday each week and will be labeled as HP number 12345678910 and so on. Those episodes are live now and they're designed for you to consume some quick, high-quality content when you only have a few minutes to spare. So be sure to subscribe to the Business Method Podcast on your favorite app so you can get those delivered to you as soon as they are live. The next thing I wanted to share with you is about our private mastermind community for established entrepreneurs. If you have an established business that has good momentum and wanted to be involved in a higher level mastermind community that is curated specifically for entrepreneurs that are moving at the same speed as you with similar challenges, revenue, team size, and business niche, then we've got a group for you. I keep the members on track with their goals, productivity, and optimization, and Adam brings the vast business knowledge to the groups. Our purpose with this private community is to help you reach your business goals faster so you can remove yourself from your company and focus on bigger and better things. Our private mastermind groups are facilitated by myself, yours truly, and my good friend Adam Anderson. Adam is a seasoned entrepreneur who's been involved in 20 plus startups over 20 years and recently had a multi-million dollar exit. You can learn more about that private community and masterminds at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash masterminds. That's thebusinessmethod.com forward slash masterminds. And now let's hop into today's show. The Business Method. 
Today on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, I am very excited to introduce today's guest, the powerhouse couple Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Dwyer Hansen. If you recognize those names, it's because both Mark and Crystal have spent years in the personal growth industry helping literally millions of people change their lives. And I don't say that lightly. Mark has literally spoken to over 6,000 audiences in his lifetime, and he is best known as the co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series with Jack Canfield. Their books have been uh, a New York Times number one success selling books a staggering 59 times and they have sold literally over half a billion books and yes that is billion with a b setting world records for book sales mark has been featured on oprah cnn the today show time magazine and the list goes on and on mark's lovely wife crystal is is also a powerhouse entrepreneur author international speaker and consultant her main expertise is in the field of potential uh, human potential spending years as a transformational life coach and health and wellness expert. Crystal's focus lies in the fields of neuroscience, epigenetics, and quantum physics, which I love. So we're going to talk about that today as well. And she uses her scientific knowledge to help people use their minds proactively and evolve their awareness to change their brain functioning, thought process, and improve their lives. And they're on the podcast today. Mark and Crystal, how are you? Welcome to the show. We're great. Thank you for having us, Chris. So happy to be here with you. Excited to talk to everybody about the most important topic in the world to ask you. Asking, yes. Um, so one of my favorite quotes, you guys, is by uh, a gentleman named Tim Ferriss. And when I read this quote, have you ever read a quote before and you, as soon as you read it, you, you, you just feel it in your stomach and you're like, ooh, that quote's going to change my life. And, and so his quote was, uh, you, you can get anything you want from this world if you learn to ask the right questions. And when I heard that quote, like my whole paradigm shifted and I was like, oh, my life just, my future just rearranged itself because I now know that quote. And so at the time I actually was living in, in Scottsdale where you guys are. And, um, I thought, okay, there's, there's an art form here to asking questions in every area of my life. And if I apply that on a regular basis, I can really, really alter the results that I get in my life. So you guys fast forward, like 10 years later, you guys come around and uh you have this book ask the bridge from your dreams to your destiny destiny which you sent and thank you very much for sending it over to me and um my first question was when i saw the book i was like is there really a book's worth of the art form of asking (laughs) and i thought i thought i don't know about this i had a little doubt and then i started diving into your book and i was like oh there's definitely a book's worth here and there's probably a library's worth of the art form of asking. Um, so I'm going to have to ask you guys starting off, like why did you guys decide to write a book on the art of asking questions? Well, I'll go first. You don't get what you deserve in life. You get what you ask for. And what we're mm-hmm. teaching, because the big guy said, ask and you shall receive, right? So then Tim and every one of us have gone with that. But nobody ever went what you just said deep on this. And we say, look, you got to ask yourself, ask others. And ask God. And we've traveled around, like you said, to 80 countries, met with 7 million people, and a lot of great people, wonderful, well-educated, personal. But the difference between somebody who has a little success in all areas of their life and somebody who is vastly successful is one thing only, the ability to comprehensively ask and know the principles and philosophies and the technology of asking the right questions in the right way so they're doing the right thinking to get the right results right here and right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why we wrote this book. And, and uh Thank God it, it's a, it's a runaway bestseller. I think it'll outsell Chicken Soup for the Soul series, actually. You think so? Yeah. 
Well, that'd be fantastic to see. Then you could hit your goal of hitting a, selling a billion books, right? That's, that's the right. goal. Yeah. That's my goal. Is, is if you read my critics, they say no one's done it, but just as a cue decide that you'll like Chris, the other day we on the biggest podcast with Amazon bestseller and Mark Devereaux who's interviewing us says, you are the Roger Bannister of books. And he didn't know if I'd know who that was. You remember Roger Bannister? I don't know. Sorry. He did the four minute mile in 1953, but the next, I said, Mark, do you know what happened in the next week? He said, no, sir. I said, notice question. Is it 119 people did it? Now, physiologically, we are no different, but we broke a mental barrier. And what we're doing with asking is we're saying, look, we've all been in COVID confinement cocoon. And the only way out is asking because that wakes up the imagination, illumination, solution, revelation. And each and every one of us has been, you know, stuck in this thing. And the only way to get unstuck, and it's important because we're having a lot of people do silly things that aren't knowing how to ask. And we want to help everybody become what we call master askers and to get their ask in gear. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That sounds like a bumper sticker, right? Get your ask in gear. That would be a good one. So so whose idea was it? Where did the, the idea originally uh, come from? Well, you know, Mark and I sat there and we, we do a, an hour of meditation kind of prayer every morning and and we ask each other questions. And, you know, we started talking about certain people that we knew who were amazing people, but just weren't like getting by and we're going, this guy could be running a city or he, she could be, you know, have her own company. Why is it that these super talented people aren't making things work? And how did we make things work in our lives? You know, our lives haven't always been perfect. You know, life is not a straight and narrow, perfect path for any of us. And so when we really dug down, started thinking about how did we transcend our difficulties? Because we've been through, you know, individually and together, a lot of challenges. And it was always um, by digging deep and asking ourselves those questions. It was always in every case, Chris, it was like, what changed it? It was that question. It was that question. It was that question. Because every time you ask a question, you get another idea. You keep asking questions, suddenly a solution comes to you that wasn't there before. Um, you ask another question, you suddenly get an illumination because what happens to your brain, your brain actually changes mm -hmm. when you start asking yourself questions, okay? And it starts to light up in a different area and it's a part of your brain that does critical thinking. So suddenly your own brain becomes a different, a new resource to you. And the problem with getting stuck, we all do this. When we're stuck, we just start sliding downwards. And we're taking our cues from our outside world, right? That's what most people do. We live from our outside world. It's the stimulus of our outside world. So we're not getting what we want. We see bad things happening. All these things around us, you know, relationships breaking down, the jobs falling apart, whatever it is. And so we start taking that in and, and it gives a stimulus to just keep doing the same thing. We start to go in a circle. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is the only way you're ever going to break out of that is go into your own internal world and start asking questions. And that's why each of those um, areas that Mark talked about, ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. Each of those is equally important, starting with that reflective journey, which is the ask yourself part. I'm curious, Crystal. Um... I love this, uh, and I'm into neuroscience, but I'm curious if you know the the process that happens in the brain from the area, the exact areas in the brain to which areas light up when you start to do to use thought provoking questions. Well, it's it's your frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe starts okay. to light up. You know, because okay. because that's you know that's our super brain, and uh -huh. um, our judgment brain. So we start to 
get clarity because what happens when we're spin, we, we start to kind of spin out of control when we're stuck. And a lot of times we don't realize it. We're just like, we get so overwhelmed that we, it's hard for people to come out of it. And, you know, there are a lot of people teaching meditation and things like that, but some people get so freaked out by the situation. They can't even sit in a med meditation. They can't visualize anything new, but that's why this book is so important because what we can always do is ask a new question. Mm -hmm. Ask another question, ask another question, ask another question. And one step at a time, you'll start to you'll start to take a step forward, take another step forward. Those ideas, those solutions will start to come to you. And it is truly the only way you can get yourself from one situation to a better situation. Yeah, it's like a bit of a reset, right? Like if you're stuck somewhere, if you hit a wall uh, and you're looking for a solution, you just ask the right question. The, the Polaroid story was good in the book. Um, where they, yeah, they were like, well, how do I, how do I make it easy for people to take pictures of their family? And then thus they invented the Polaroid camera, which kind of then evolved and inspired, right? Steve jobs. And now we have the iPhone. Yeah. The whole transition there is exactly correct. Edward yeah. Land is a Harvard chemist, PhD, and he's walking down the street showing little Kodak pictures to his little four-year-old daughter, as if I remember the story right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I met Mr. Land long ago when I was working in grad school. Anyhow, and the first thing she says, Daddy, why can't we see him instantly? And he went, ta-da. I mean, so I, what we're saying is, look, out of the mouths of babes come these instant transformational questions that, that Dad said, okay, I'm going to do it, and did Polaroid, and then all of a sudden, Kodak in, in Ed uh, Land, you know, Eastman Kodak is a brilliant company, but they created digital photography and they never asked the right question. This is why it's important to read a book like ours and, and comprehensively understand questions because they said, no, 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 we're in the chemical business. And Steve Jobs comes there and says, whoa, and you didn't patent it. You didn't trademark it. You didn't uh -huh. put a registration right. stamp on it. Question, question, Hot question. diggity damn, man, I'm gone. <laughs> uh-huh. One year, he wrecked a $38 billion a year company because they thought they were in a chemistry business. They didn't understand they were in a photography business, and that was just one part of it. And then the transformation, of, of course, is smartphones around the world. Now, 8 billion of us, I guess, uh, around the planet have a smartphone. So each one of the iterations changed, but it all changed. The point you're making so accurately is by one little question, mm -hmm. and the questions are transformative. And what we're saying is, look, we're getting hundreds of letters and emails a day now from people in telephone calls saying, Hey, you've changed my life. I read this and I didn't like you. I think I know how to ask. You don't have to tell me how to ask. <laughs> well, look, if you're asking, you, you got to get definite with the infinite is what we're teaching. And then how much of the infinite do you want? Cause the infinite's infinite. So there's more than enough for all of us. But if we keep asking, how do we do stupid stuff? We'll do stupid stuff or fail or how we're going to have, you know, this problem or that problem. Whereas if what we're saying is ask exclusively for one thing, the solution uh -huh. to your problems, our problems, the world's problems, the globe's problems. And then how do we make it better for all of us comprehensively and take care of all 8 billion of us? Absolutely. You, you put in uh, this quote here that I want to read, um, and it talks about this. So it's uh, in the preface, actually. Asking is a powerful tool in life that too few of us utilize. Why? Because we have to put ourselves out there to ask. And frankly, it can feel like we give up a measure of control, which a lot of people don't realize, if we're depending on an answer from someone else. We believe asking is different than that. Asking for what you want can be honed into an art form. 
If you start by understanding three things it requires of you, clear communication, commitment to what you want, and detachment from the outcome, then you can get what you want. So I, I love that because it's like three essential points of, you know, not just asking the question, but defining kind of defining the question and defining how you're going to ask the question, which can help you create better questions, I think. So clear communication, commitment to what you want, and then detaching from the outcome. I want to ask about that last part, detaching from the outcome. Um, what What's the importance of that and, and how can people practice that? Because if I, like, for example, um, like I want to go on a date and I see a pretty, you know, girl that I want to go ask and I'm like, Hey, can I get your phone number? Uh, and then I'm not attached if I'm attached to the outcome and she says no. And I'm kind of like, like, ah, that, that my, I'm sad now, you know, but yeah. So, so I would love if you guys could elaborate on that a bit. Sure. Of course. And, and that is such an important part because it's when we attach to the outcome, that's when we stop ourselves from asking the question. Because Chris, if you go up there and you're like, oh, I want to ask her so badly, but oh man, I do not, I have, I, she's got to say yes. If she doesn't say yes, <laughs> I'm going to be so devastated. And then, and then you talk yourself out of it because you're like, there's a chance she won't say yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. No, I'll do it next time. Uh-huh. And that's what we do. And you know, I want to back it up a little bit because as children, we all come into this room, into this world, not to this room, into this room, into this world. It's a big room. It's a big it's room. It's a yeah. very big room. Um, as, you know, unashamed, uncorrupted askers, like we are not afraid to ask for anything. First of all, we're wildly curious. We want to know everything, who, what, when, where, why, right? We're asking a million questions a day. And then we're also not afraid to ask for more and more and more and pretty much ask for whatever we want. And then depending on how we were parented, what happened in our school years, you know, um, sit down, stop asking so many questions. I'm tired of talking to you. Don't ask unless you're called on, you know. So all of a sudden you start to get that asking, that natural ability kind of crushed out of you. Then you go to jobs and your opinions aren't valued and you try to ask questions and you're shut down again. We're not ta- we're not on that topic. That's not what we're focusing on. All these things happen to us. And before we know it, we don't even realize it's happening. But that beautiful natural ability that we were all born with to be able to ask for anything, it just gets crushed out of us. And it's mm-hmm. a sad, sad thing. And so what we're saying is let's bring that back to life. Let's bring that back to life and start asking, start becoming curious again, because curiosity is this is a big piece of it. And in the book, we talk about the seven roadblocks to asking. Mm-hmm. And and it's just what you were talking about, that fear, you know, we get those fears because we're so attached to the outcome. We're so worried. You know, we all the first the first roadblock is unworthiness. And Mark and I discovered that probably most of the population walks around with some sense of, of unworthiness because yeah. it just happened in our through all of our childhood experiences, even if we had a great childhood, right? So it's just that conditioning that tells us, oh, maybe we're not quite good enough. Maybe we don't really deserve this. You know, maybe we're an imposter. We shouldn't be asking for that, yeah. that sort of thing. So we need to look at that. We need to look at all of these roadblocks. Each one is really, really important. And we found that most people have at least one, if not maybe all of the, the roadblocks at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit further on that, you guys. Um, 
what are some ways maybe that you guys detach from the outcome? Because like, you know, maybe say a kid really wants something for Christmas or you have on your vision board, you know, this dream home or you have, you know, dream car or whatever it may be, or, you know, X amount of employees in your business or X amount of dollars per year in a business. So, so it's, it's, it's a desire that we're emotionally connected to. And sometimes it's really difficult for people to detach, even myself, like I've been practicing this stuff for years, um, to detach from like this thing that I really want, cause I really want it and I'll be really happy when I get it. And I've worked really hard too. And so, so how, maybe some ways that you guys have detached, uh, examples detached from the outcome when you've asked for something and you put the intention out there. Okay, so you've asked a multiplicity of questions. Okay, yeah, question. I do that so, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm also, I, I can handle it because I'm, I'm about as ADD and plus as you can get. So. Okay. <laughs> That's why I've written 318 books. So uh -huh. <laughs> I, got, I teach never do one thing if you can do four or five at the same time. So, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, and I'm glad you don't mind that. Mm -hmm. um, the, the principle is that we're saying ask yourself, ask others, ask God, and detachment yeah is best done when you go into that subliminal state and get almost a gamma energy in your mind when before you go to sleep when jack and i didn't have the right title for chicken soup we knew we had the best book because everybody loved the stories and wanted them but i said jack that's not the title so let's do a thought in psychiatry they call it thought command and we 400 times in our respective homes we went mega best song title mega best song title mega best song title mega best song title and he calls me at 258 in the morning that's before cell phones existed and Mm -hmm. said chicken soup i said for the soul i said we got it we got goosebumps which for us is corroboration of truth nice. and and we had it now 144 publishers all said hit the road jack and i said look if you don't like him i'm still a nice guy jack's wonderful but <laughs> uh -huh. anyhow so but to the people out there listening when you're detached you're going to go for that or something better and god may have something better for you so when you say god what's your destiny for me because the subtitle of our book is ask mm -hmm. the bridge from your dreams because we all have secret place dreams to your destiny and all of us were coded we believe and i hope you believe it birth with a destiny that's great and so if you really say god what's your destiny for me god what's your destiny for me god what's your destiny for me 400 times before you sleep but you've got to be ready to wake up in the middle of the night and write it down tell your sweetie can say i'm going to wake up with whatever the answer is and i'm going to be smart enough to write it down or type it down or dictate it and keep it because it comes like a wet slippery fish but once you ask your 18 billion or however many real brain cells or i've got a lot of different numbers in my head mm -hmm. but i'll buy that one is it, it they go to work and they can't go to work because superficially we've all got this like she said the seven roadblocks that are saying you're not good enough who do you think you are come on chris that girl isn't going to say yes to you and go out on a date and so let me go to one other part on that one when I went through a pretty expensive and painful divorce long, long, long ago, I wrote down 267 things I needed in my ideal woman. I kept asking myself, what do I want? Well, we got to have the same values. Got to uh -huh. have the same spiritual values. She's got to want to travel. She's got to totally love me and I got to totally love her because we're a little further along in life. If she's got kids, our kids have got to love each other, right? And get along because I've seen that not work. So the question is what, back to the, what we're teaching in this great book, Ask, Ask the right questions, you get the right results. Have you written down everything you want in your ideal woman? So when she shows up, you will have a mentally coherent resonance and you'll know instantly. Like we not only are our soulmates, but twin flames. I never showed her those goals until after she married me. And I asked her every day to marry me. 
<laughs> Relentless pursuit. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't know that. That would have been a lot of pressure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, see, this, this is my list. Can you, can you qualify on my list? Right, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't show me that ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, I also wanted to say just about the detachment thing, Chris, mm-hmm. that we talk in the book about preparing to be a good asker. Cause that's really part of it. You know, we, we'd say this is really the asking journey. So we need to understand all aspects of it because it's so important in our lives. But part of that preparation is number one, belief. Mm -hmm. So you really do have to commit to your belief and say, you know, I believe that I, first of all, deserve, you know, what I'm seeking. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the answer is out there for me. I believe that what I'm seeking is truly out there. And you really have to work on on that belief. And people are like, well, how do I believe? And I, I say belief is really a commitment to yourself. So I am going to believe this, you know, you can either believe it or not believe it. It is your commitment to yourself. The second part of the preparing to be a a good asker is imagination. Okay. And this is really important because Mark was just saying, you know, we really create things where true creation happens at a powerful level Mm -hmm. is on the inside, the internal world. That's what we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. earlier, right? Quantum physics. Okay. So basically you, you, you mentioned quantum physics earlier. Quantum physics it basically boils down to what you expect to see is what you will get. In, okay. in, a, in, a, in a sense, that's what quantum physics is, proven out in a scientific way, okay? Yeah. So that's why imagination is so important because often we're sitting here looking at our life and we think life is coming at us and we're just ducking and dodging and you know trying to keep our balls up in the air. And uh, we think that's life, but really life is created from the inside out. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of those things that you've held on to, all those beliefs, all those roadblocks, you need to look at those and let those go and then come into to your internal self where you have the most power to create your world and use that imagination. So God gave humans two things that no other animal has, the, the ability to ask a question, mm-hmm. think about that, and, and imagination. Okay, no other animal has the ability to imagine something that doesn't exist completely in, 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 into existence. So, and the crazy thing about imagination, like right now, if I tell you, imagine right now you just picked up a big lemon and bit into a big juicy lemon right now, bite into it, right? I promise you, if we were scanning your brain, you would see probably you're salivating a little bit more am, than you yeah, were, yeah. right? <laughs> right? And you would see those changes in your brain. That is how powerful our imaginations are. We create with our imagination. So part of preparing to, that's part of the preparation to be a good asker is starting to understand the power of your imagination, use it. So, you know, when you're asking yourself these questions, um, we talk about three critical phases. Like, you know, we have to ask ourselves like where, basically where am I now? What's working? You know, what's standing in the way of my greatest self? You've got to ask yourself those series of questions and more questions will come to you the more you ask. And then the second critical phase is where do I want to be? Most people don't even like sit with themselves and with and ask that question. What do I really want? What does it look like in that phase? What do I really want? That's where we need to sit down in that quiet space, which is, you know, our meditation time and start to imagine the nth degree of your greatest scenario i mean most people are imagining something that's really mediocre like oh i just hope i can pay my bills this month oh please 
you know, God, can you help me pay my bills this month? Mm-hmm. What if you just said, I, what if you start asking for total financial freedom? And then when you ask for that, you need to be engaged. When you ask yourself, when you ask God, ask the universe, ask the divine, because you're part of the divine. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a part of the source that created you. So now you're doing that dance together with the divine when you're asking and you're imagining. So go into your imagination and say, you know, what is the nth degree of my greatest success in a relationship? What does it look like and what does it feel like? Because when you start to imagine it, just like with the lemon, when you imagine it in a real way, mm-hmm. you'll start to feel it in your body. And I'm and, and I'm asking people who are listening, really feel it. Feel those imaginings in your body. Feel what it'd be like to, you know, have this amazing person that you're just right, really simpatico with, and you're just loving life together, and you're you're seeing life the same way as this great adventure. And as you start to really go deep into your imagination, you'll start to feel it more. And those feelings will also be part of the creative process you are creating. It's going to be this internal process that will create the world you experience. So it's so important to ask the questions from your nth degree of success. Not don't ask, you know, mediocre questions. Ask for if I'm, you know, doing my what what does my most amazing career look like? Who am I serving? Who am I talking to every day? Who are my clients? Yeah. Like what are we, what am I, what services or products am I offering? And how is it changing lives? And go to the nth degree of all of those scenarios and feel it deeply inside. And you will be amazed at how those questions and the, the imaginings and the feelings will start to create exactly what you want. Yeah. It's so powerful for the entrepreneurs that are out there um, because as you go and grow as an entrepreneur, we get stuck on so many different little things on a daily basis, really, right? And if we understand the importance and um, staying in a solution mindset of asking these questions and kind of practicing asking better questions. It can really help grow our businesses, help our teams grow, help um, the way we develop teams and company culture, um, the amount of uh, money we can make in a business, you know, and it's so it's so powerful. So you, you put that really well. Going through your book, one of the things that I, um, I realized is that asking questions is kind of like uh, in our lives, it's kind of like oxygen. Like we know it's there, but we don't really, we know it's there, but we don't really know how important it is until we can't do it anymore. Right. And, um, we, we don't think about asking questions, um, and ask questions about asking questions. Um, but you guys talk in a book about, you know, ask, uh, question everything. And this is something that, that philosophers and deep thinkers have talked about for, for thousands of years, question this question, that question everything that you comes across and it helps that critical thinking stage and the prefrontal cortex, right? Grow in our brains and become more developed. Um, so you have seven roadblocks in the, the book talking about what stops us from asking questions. So I'll run through those really quick. Um, lack of confidence or basically too insecure to ask is number one, uh, being naive or unaware of what's possible. is number two doubt, just doubting yourself, doubting what's possible. Um, number three, number four excuses, or even I liked how you guys put this being too stubborn or proud. Um, and that is kind of like, it kind of goes back to insecurities, but also, um, being too proud to let go of control or maybe, 
um, being you know, you have to be vulnerable if you, you know, ask these questions, right? And then number five is fear. Uh, number six, pattern paralysis. So brain conditioning um, that we grow up with. Like you guys mentioned earlier, the, the, the child or, you know, they're asking why, 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 why all the time. And the parents are like, oh, stop asking so many questions. Like, you know, <laughs> and that probably has happened to every single child and parent in the history of the world. Um, but uh, it, it forms those patterns, right? And then number seven, disconnection. So out of touch so much to where you're numb of your own personal worthiness and what you deserve. Um, do you guys want to dive more into some of those roadblocks? I'll just do them through my own story even. Like okay. we said, you could ask yourself, others, and God. And I went bankrupt in 1974. I'm sleeping in front of another guy's room for six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kept saying, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And God finally came back. The first miracle is say, well, whoa, 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 Mark. It doesn't work that way. What do you want? What did Crystal just say? The number one roadblock is everyone, what do you want? And I thought about it in that detached state. Right now, I'm in my own bedroom. Nobody's or sleeping bag out in front of this guy's room. And I kept saying, well, what do I want? I want to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life transformative difference. Miracle number one. Number two, I go to my three roommates in Hicksville, Long Island, New York. And I say, hey, anybody young speaking is not a Broadway star, a celebrity, a doctor, a cotton top. Or a lawyer, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, this kid's a few years older than you out in Hawpong talking to the realtors. Here's my little pass. I'm not going today. Take it. That's miracle number two. Mm -hmm. Miracle number three. This guy wows the audience. I mean, he just and he happened to be the top salesman formerly at Kodak, and then almost lost everything and was ambidextrous. Really cool guy. But I walk up to him and I ask number three. I say, "Teach me how to do this business." He said, "Look, kid, chance you make it is one in a thousand. The economy sucks. Go do a real business. Don't do this." <laughs> I said, just tell me what to do. And he said, I'll teach you if you'll stay out of real estate. I own the five boroughs of New York. I'll, uh, you, you go do something else. I did life insurance. <laughs> I did a thousand talks for a year, the first three years. So, and people kept coming up to me and saying, hey, that's the best story I ever heard. I want to give it to my wife, my business, my colleagues, my company. Do you have it in a book? So I did a book called Stand Up, Speak Up, and Win. Mm -hmm. At $10 each, I sold 20,000 copies the first year to little audiences of six, 10, or 12 people. Impossible to do, they'd say. But I made $200,000, bought me a brand new Chrysler Cordoba car. Ooh, I was nice. smoking, baby. Uh -huh. and, and Tony Robbins and I were once talking, and the only the two of us have ever done a thousand talks a year the first three years because we teach. You got to ask yourself once you're on your path, once you're going toward your destiny, and my destiny was to comprehensively make the world work by communicating the right ideas and thinking and stories and, and persuasion and asking the right questions, right? We did that. And, you know, anyone can do what they're supposed to do, but you got to do, ask yourself, what is a massive right action going to take? Ask some massive right questions to get the massive right result you want. Do you guys have any tips on, um, can you ever ask too much? And, and maybe you can ask too much of one individual, right? Or are there, what are the boundaries? Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just curious. Uh, what are the boundaries there? Like, um, what are some some signs that says, oh, I've asked too much out of this person. I need to move on and ask yeah, somebody else I mean, something. You know, yeah, no, I love that question. It's a good mm -hmm. question, Chris. Um, so first of all, you know, asking others is such an important part of this journey. We talked about like asking ourselves all these things, but mm -hmm. the asking others part is where we get super freaked out, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of those roadblocks come up there because, because of those insecurities and, and you know, um, unworthiness that come up. Um, I think, you know, you have to plan on, nobody can grant all of your wishes. Um, 
And you might ask, and this person might not be able to help you, but that doesn't have anything to do with you. And this is the detachment part, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're asking people, you have to understand this is about your journey. We all get a little narcissistic kind of, and we think that when someone responds to us, it's about us. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's because they don't like me. I don't like, they don't think I'm this enough or that enough. It, It really just isn't about you. Like, stop thinking everything's about you. It's not about you. It's about them. They're having a bad day. They don't feel uh, like they can share. Maybe they just got bad news. Whatever it is about them that doesn't feel like they can help, or maybe they're just shut down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if you just remind yourself, it's really not about you when someone can't help you, just keep asking because that wasn't the right person. And so if you keep asking one person and they're not like, that right fit. I, I think it's, I, it's like a matchup, you know, it's for me, it's, it's like that divine matchup. You're going to ask some people and suddenly you're going to ask this person and they're going to over deliver what you have. It's so magical. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is don't get shut down in the process. So when you ask somebody something and they're like, Oh no, I can't do that. You know, or, or even they just reject you, just be like, Oh, no problem. Just, you know, bless them on their way and just keep going and go, that has nothing to do with me. It literally hasn't, they're having a bad day or it's just, they're in their own world. Um, They're not a bad person. It's just, (laughs) that's not the right fit. So I'm going to keep going in, in my asking journey. Nothing's going to stop me in my asking journey. So that was just an indicator from the universe in this divine dance that we're all doing that that's not a good match that 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 person wasn't supposed to you know meet my meet my request but what's funny is sometimes that person will come back to you mm-hmm. you know if you don't attach to it and you just release it release it you know um release it to the universe release it to everything that's supposed to be happening that person might circle back at the right time at a better time you might end up doing something or they might be able to help you yeah um but that that level of healthy detachment is so important because you really have to again believe mm-hmm. believe you deserve it believe the answers out there keep going in the journey and keep imagining your end result mm-hmm. because you won't always know all the little steps and ways that are going to start to fill in so you just have to believe and trust you but you have to keep going that's the key you, you have to keep asking keep waking up every day you know, say you're mired in a big problem with your company, instead of like focusing on the problem, sit down with yourself and go, what is the ideal scenario that could come out of this? Yeah. What is, what is the ideal scenario? What is the ideal solution? If all of this were solved today, what does that look like? Yeah. That's a and great you know, question. it puts you in a completely different frame of mind. Now you're in a creative frame of mind now you're in the creator mode instead of the victim mode yeah like oh why is this happening to me how am i going to stay on top of it it's like no what is the perfect scenario because that's what we're going to create here yeah can i I add to that please yes so look every one of us should have a lot of heroes and you got to even ask yourself and we do it in a book well whom are your heroes but one of mine is elon musk right and Mm -hmm. During COVID shutdown, the governor of the state of California said, you're going to shut down that car company. (laughs) And he had 90,000 employees. So Uh remember, a real entrepreneur asked himself the question, how do I keep going? I'm going to go. There's an obstacle here. How do I go over, under, around, or through to get to where I want to go? I don't care what the governor says, the president says, the economy says, the financial, the bank says, or my partner says, maybe. But hopefully you and your partner are in line. (laughs) He says, 
what's needed? And he said, well, we need respirators and, and poor 3M can't make them fast enough. I've got metal. I've got machinery. I've got 3DM printers. I've got 90,000 employees who calls up 3M and said, look, well, 50, 50, I'll make all the employee, the, the respirators you want. Just send me the thing and you'll get 50% of the money. I get 50%. While he's making the respirators, he just happens to make 90,000 Teslas. Everybody else is shut down because they're listening to idiots and not asking the right questions. Uh-huh. Right? People are saying, well, I know how to ask. I don't read you. need to read your book. You better read our book because it tells about Elon Musk and people who think through the issue and the time and the problem. What did he do? He became the richest guy in the world, built the Tesla car, has now got a car that's going to be an automatic car because he's way advanced in, in AI by at mm-hmm. least 10 billion miles that nobody else has done. Yeah. He's ready to have a flying car. He's figured out how to do graphene, right, which is a new battery that's going to be printed flat and it's going to be safe and it's non-flammable. Mm-hmm. The point is he asked all the right questions and yeah. every one of us is entitled to ask questions. But back to your detachment, I want to add one more thing, and that is if you're looking at a movie screen of life and saying, well, this isn't fair and oh, poor me, and here's the seven roadblocks. The reason you read the seven roadblocks is so you figure out how to get through them to change not the screen and throw popcorn at it, but to go back in the movie theater of your mind and say, in my mind, what do I want to see the outcome on, like Crystal articulated eloquently and persuasively a second ago? Yeah, yeah, I I love that. Um, I had a really good question that I was going to ask you, but your story was so good, I lost it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for telling me the story is good. It did, it did answer your question, though. Didn't yes, it? it did. It did. Absolutely. And it answered it in current times because everybody else says, well, uh-huh. you know, that happened in the old days. Can't happen today. This is happening today. Can, and every one of us is here. And it can happen easier today, the way that we're connected, I think. You know, like it's, it's easier to get our questions answered much more rapidly. I mean, you have to Google. You know, and, and you find stories like that so easily. Um, the best question answer of them, answerer of them all, Google, right? No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, who, who are some of the best question answerers uh, that you guys kind of admire in your life that you've come across, maybe in your youth or maybe today, you know, uh, people you're like, ooh, that guy asks, uh, or that person, that woman asks really fantastic questions. Who, anybody that comes to mind for you guys? The, so the best question askers, not answerers, right? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, askers. Uh, askers. Yes. Oh gosh, well, just yeah, Elon Musk. I mean, he's he's one of the best ones I've <laughs> ever seen. He doesn't care what the what the government yeah. says. He doesn't care what <laughs> what the governor says. He's like, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. Um, you know, I think my own father was an amazing question asker. He was, he's not with us anymore, but he was an amazing attorney and he, and he just taught me so much, you know, to question everything. Um, he won, um, a lawsuit in the Supreme court. He argued a case in the Supreme court and won for the um, native Americans on this big land deal because the question no one had ever asked before he dug into the original treaties mm-hmm. and found this one little, thing like the one little area one little sentence that could be questioned uh-huh. and he questioned it oh, wow. and he changed the entire meaning through that one question and they ended it ended up getting like a hundred and fifty thousand more acres on it was it was huge i mean what, is this the havasupai tribe was that the... um no it was the um he was uh the shoshone bannock indians okay which part of the the country are they in 
Uh, Idaho, the okay. Northwest. Yeah. 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 I heard a story about that, about the Havasupai tribe in Northern Arizona, which you guys may oh. be familiar where the Havasu falls are, Havasu waterfalls are anyway, which is a great place to hike. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do continue. Sorry. Yeah. Let me answer the question. So the, so the person who really taught question asking originally was Socrates. Socrates right. never wrote anything, but he asked about everything and, and where <laughs> ethics is, where integrity is, what is life, what is your philosophy. Plato wrote everything. Yeah. Plato teaches Aristotle. Aristotle teaches uh, Alexander the Great, who right. conquered what he thought was the world. Now, the reason he limited to what he thought was the world is because his teacher didn't teach him to ask the question. And he thought Egypt and obviously Alexandria was the end of the earth, right? Because you can't see past the Sahara Desert, right? Right. If the guy had known the world was round rather than flat, he could ask, keep asking questions. And who knows? He could have lived past 28. He thought he'd done it all. <laughs> and the question is, why we're saying it's so important is to ask to your destiny is you've got to make sure a lot of people think what Chris was just saying is my destiny is being a garbage man. My destiny is being a waitress. My destiny is being this or that. And what mm -hmm. we said in the book is, look, a little secretary is pinning papers together for Abe Lincoln. And here's one guy say, you got to ask bigger questions. Uh, Russell Conwell, Dr. Conwell, Acres of Diamonds. And she created the paperclip mm -hmm. and became the richest person in Pennsylvania for a while. So oh, it, wow. it, okay. and the same with you know, Edward Land and Ed Polaroid Land Camera. The yeah. point is a question changes your life. It re-vectors you towards your destiny. And you've got to listen for questions. You've got to ask yourself questions. And you've got to go back to the detachment of nowhere, which is everywhere, because in the infinite, there's infinite possibilities in, in the quantum soup. Yeah. I'd like to ask you, like, um, personally, maybe what are some of the big questions that you are asking these days? And I, I'm saying that because you were talking about Socrates and uh, it took, uh, I don't know how long until people started questioning if the earth was round or not, right? Because people just believed that it was flat. It was part of tradition. It looks and, flat. Yeah, it looks flat, right? Mm -hmm. it, makes it makes sense. And then, you know, somebody came along and questioned germ theory and or, or germs right like there's these yeah, invisible sure. themes going back and forth and they ended up putting that guy in a, a sane asylum and then actually i think they killed him um because he was Crazy. like no yeah exactly so what do you, what are some of those things that maybe that are common knowledge for us today that uh we should be questioning because you know a few hundred years ago somebody questioned whether there's invisible germs or not you know a few hundred uh, you know I guess it's 500 years ago, 600 years. Somebody questioned if the world was round and then sailed across the ocean. Um, and so anything that comes top of mind for you guys that it's like, we should really be questioning this because um, it, 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 there's more to it, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, with this whole COVID thing, because of fear, there, were, there was a lot of overreach of, you know, freedoms taking, taken away. And a lot of people were very compliant about just accepting that, oh, if somebody tells me I have to do this, then I have to do this. Right. But then, you know, we get sent so many things from so many different people around the world, all walks of life, all political parties, all right. But what you need to question everything. You need to mm -hmm. question everything. And I think the thing we need to question right now in our country, especially around the world, not just our country, but, you know, what are our freedoms and and how do we preserve our freedoms and not 
mm. be intimidated by giving up some of our rights and freedoms out of fear, fear of death, you know, oh, mm -hmm. the COVID thing, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. So mm -hmm. give up all your freedom. You know, when you start questioning it, there, there are a lot more answers than were given in the narrative, I think. Um, a lot more solutions that could have been, happened, a lot of things. And so when you listen to, when you start questioning and listen to all of the science, not just one or two scientists, you realize there were a lot more options yeah. um, that we should consider. And I think we always need to question if someone's trying to impose their will on us, do, do they have the right to do that, mm. right? May I add to that, please? Please, yes, yeah. Okay, so where this whole problem comes from that she's talking about is is people aren't asking the right questions. And when they're not asking the right questions, they're in scarcity. There's not yeah. enough food for everybody, enough housing. Now, remember, in graduate school, I was with Buckminster Fuller, who's Einstein's best student. But Bucky would always say the two fundamental faults are Malthus says population is growing geometrically and food arithmetically. Well, he didn't understand that we're going to have crop rotation. We're going to have brilliant guys like I wrote about in the book. You know, Dr. George Washington Carver discover all the uses of peanut and legumes and re the point is, mm -hmm. if you ask the question, can we take care of 8 billion people better than ever? The answer is yes. What happens when you take care of 8 billion people better than ever? We don't need to limit the population. We need to slow it down. We need to design for it. But when you get to a more sophisticated, civilized population where all of us can read, write, we've got abundant uh, energy and, and energy makes uh, water and water, food and food abundance. Mm -hmm. You take care of it. Population stabilizes automatically. Like in America, we've got a flat line, a little, little diminishing population. The point is, if you ask the wrong questions, like I said in 74, oh my God, what if I go bankrupt? I checked a book out of library, how to go bankrupt by yourself. Same token here. If you say, is there enough for everybody? You can find whatever this quantum soup that Crystal articulated mm -hmm. is so important because if you say, is there going to be scarcity? You can always find scarcity. Is there going to be, are there going to be droughts? You can always find a desert. I mean, yeah. and the point is there was no desert in the Sahara when it was run right by Rome 2000 years ago. They had the whole place planted. But when you lose leadership and you don't have leadership that has a big mind, great thinking and, and is executing well, uh, you're going to lose, lose. So every one of us has got to be a good self-leader by mastering the fine art of asking questions. And uh, forgive me for saying, but I think our book is the best to elevate everyone to that golden state of, of correct asking. It's the most in-depth book I've ever come across about asking, for sure. Like, uh, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> actually, uh, I, I was wondering, you know, when we talked about, you know, my my the first question I thought of when I saw the book, I was like, is there really a book? worth of an art form of asking questions and then i went through your book and i was like oh absolutely there is how much did you have to did you have to dumb down uh i don't dumb down that's a bad <laughs> phrase uh did you how much did you have to weed out um to to get this into the book because i imagine there was there you could have probably done an encyclopedia on asking you are so astute to ask that question. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. And because of that, we are going to be um, doing a whole webinar on it because people are mm. like, people have come to us and said, this is so exciting. It's opened my whole life. Are you going to do a webinar? You know, you are you going to do a class? Are you going to do a certification course? Because it's that important. People are recognizing it. It's awakening something inside of people. So yes, we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to elaborate a lot more and a lot more deeply on it because we did we had to pare it down um you know because you don't want a book that's like this thick <laughs> right so, so what we did yeah. is we 
we're saying, look, get a copy of the book wherever fine books are sold. And then once you got it and you read it, then we want you to go to askthebookclub.com, askthebookclub.com. And for free, we're going to do this webinar. And yes, we're going to ultimately comprehensively get everybody to become a master asker. Master ally. I like that. Can you get a, like a, we get a plaque with a like certificate yes, that says master asker. Master <laughs> asker. That's right. You can post it on your Facebook page. I'm a master asker. I've got it's a so master's important. in asking. Yes. That's right. You got it. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, like a fun type of workshop or in-person workshop, you know, send people out on the street and practice their asking skills, you know. That uh, would be, you know, yeah. film the whole thing. Yeah. And film, make like, a documentary do, do a little, out of it. Yeah. study on asking. Yeah, I would <laughs> love that. We love creative projects like that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Maybe we got to make you head of that project and videotape that for us. I, hey, hey, I, I, I'm into, I, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, I mean, you're in one of the smartest cities in America, so it'd be a good thing to do. I know, I know. A lot of people are asking the question here in Austin. It's like, why are there so many brilliant people in Austin right now? There's some amazing, amazing things happening in the city, and you get connected with people so rapidly in a, in a city like this. Like, it's really inspiring. One other thing we should touch on is entrepreneurship. Um, and as you know, this is the Business Method podcast, and, and the vast majority of our listeners are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And we touched briefly on the ability for entrepreneurs um, to hone their asking skills. And I think the better we get as being askers, the better entrepreneurs we can really be. And, um, you know, we, we have seen entrepreneurship boom in the past five or 10 years or so and grow and grow and grow. I'm just curious on maybe some tips for the entrepreneurs out there, guys, on some great questions they could ask for their business, their business models, when they come up with a challenge, when they come up to a challenge, some, some ways to open up to questions or ask them deeper questions. Any thoughts that you guys uh, may have for the entrepreneurs out there about asking? Yeah, well, um, like we mentioned before, I think the most important thing we can do as entrepreneurs when we're stuck in a situation is go into a quiet space and really ask, what is the ideal outcome of the situation? Mm -hmm. Because you need to form the right plan, you know, um, instead of just doing triage and, you know, putting out little fires, sometimes it's better to step back and really say in the ideal scenario, how would this entire problem be solved sometimes it, it, it'll change the whole context of what you're doing mm -hmm. you'll see something in a much bigger broader way where a bigger solution comes in and and like that it, and it just eliminates all those little problems you know it was something you weren't seeing before so i would say the main thing because every business is so different just question everything question yeah. everything like why does this even have to be like this if it's a problem what are we doing wrong? Why don't, wh how can we do this completely different? So it's never a problem again, yeah, right? Yeah. How do I eliminate this problem for good? Go to the ideal scenarios of, you know, with this problem is completely fixed and it never exists again. What does that look like? I think that that's the most important thing to remember as an entrepreneur when it comes to asking. And then yeah. every business person or wannabe business person, let me go to them first. Is it everybody needs to be an entrepreneur because all you got to do is find a problem, fix it, and fix something that somebody wants to pay for, mm -hmm. scale it, and become vastly rich. Now you say, well, that's easy, but everybody, all the publishers said, no, we don't need short stories. Well, then we did short stories. And then all of a sudden I read the books over the weekend 
by Steven Spielberg and, and George Lucas that they made 800 million with ET, but a billion and a half in licensing. And I said to Jack, Hey, Jack, we're going to license. He said, what do you know about licensing? Nothing. But the point that Crystal's making is your vision has got to be clear. Your vision has got to be big. Well, I did a billion dollars in licensing and in the book business and nobody's ever done it. Like I did chicken soup or the sold dog food. Cause I am a marketer. I am a businessman. I am a salesman since I was nine years old mm-hmm. and we do $157 million with a dog food. We get 15% and I don't have to package it. I don't have to manufacture it. I don't have to smell it. I don't have to deliver it. I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. But when the second biggest food company in the dog business came to us diamond. They sat with us. And I said, look, I got a daughter that at this moment is becoming a vet. We've got 88 animals on an acre and, and we got four dogs. I got to test it against my dogs. If they don't like it, if it's not organic, it's not really tasty to them, forget it. Mm-hmm. And because I'd just been talking with Perina and I was on a program with Jay Leno of all things, 8,000 veterinarians. Mm-hmm. And they had a great package, great, look and all that and the product went up one month and crashed the next month and the president asked what's wrong and he said the dogs don't like it so i said to these guys i'm asking the questions do my dogs like it uh-huh. that's what i said and entrepreneurs got to know that there is a hungry market for whatever you're selling i knew there's a hungry market because jack and i got standing ovations for the stories we knew that asking was going to work because people said teach us how to ask Right. Just like they did, you know, Socrates asked Plato and all that. So the point is, there are hungry markets more and there's eight billion of us. Four billion aren't in the equation. And that's why I'm asking you to read our book. Think bigger than you ever thought you could dig, big, think. Mm-hmm. Solve problems bigger because 20 years ago, there's no billionaires. Now, not only do we have billionaires, but we got two two trillion dollar companies. Mm-hmm. So they've broken the ceiling of what's potentially possible for anyone young or old. Absolutely. You guys, we're going to wrap up here soon, but I've got one more question that I want to touch on for both of you. High performance tips or daily routines that you guys have. And one of the thing that, that you mentioned, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Crystal was talking about your, your daily meditation routine. What does that look like for you guys on your daily meditation routine and any other, I would say, successful daily routine tips? Right. So um, basically we will, you know, we'll get like, since we have this place, we are, we have a lot of like big geos and crystals. We just have this beautiful spot we're looking at the Sonoran Desert. So it's a really great, refreshing place that kind of refreshes our spirit. We just sit together and we do... Um, a meditation just based on, we have a whole bunch of things that come to us, just different readings. We have a guy who's just an amazing spiritual guru. He sends us stuff. We have the Bible, we have spiritual cards. So we'll kind of focus on a certain area and then we'll, you know, do sort of a a guided meditation together. One of us will guide it. And then we do some quiet meditation and prayer. And then, um, you know, and then we sit with each other and ask the questions to make sure we're on track. You know, mm-hmm. what are our top priorities today? Because mm-hmm. it's so, we have so much coming at us that if we don't really narrow it down to the things that matter most, mm-hmm. um, then it's easy to just get scattered in a million different directions, right? And I yeah. think we can all relate to that as entrepreneurs. So what are the top priorities today? Mark and I are really good at that. <clears throat> and how do we, you know, divide and conquer sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing that's really helpful, you know, when you're in a state you know, cause we all get in a messy state. Sometimes it's just like, oh, I'm in a bad mood when you're in a bad mood or whatever. And it just seems like things aren't working. Um, the best way to break out of it is to sit and very deliberately focus on 
gratitude. And I know you guys have probably heard that before, but it's just so true Mm -hmm. Um, because we tend as human beings to, to like focus on everything that's wrong because we're trying to fix the problem, right? Fix the problem, fix the problem, fix the problem. So we start to feel like everything's wrong in our lives. And really, if we just change the focus and start with everything that's right. Okay. So it's like, wow, thank you. You know, I'm so thankful. I have this amazing partner that I'm married to. I'm so thankful for this, like, beautiful day that I get to go out in America and create what I want to create. No one's stopping me. Right. Yeah. Um, for my great kids. I'm, I'm just thankful for like these beautiful trees and that I can get out and go for a walk that I'm healthy. All these little things there. Are, I, I promise you, there are thousands of little things you can be so thankful for when you practice gratitude. It completely changes your internal compass. You become so, so, I know you've heard about, you know, being a magnet. I mean, we are a magnet for the things that that we're attracting in life. So if you're in a a snarly, messy state, it's important to get out of it quickly because you're going to attract more problems that day or that week. So focusing on gratitude, now you've become, instead of a a magnet for bad things, like, you know, attracting all these things that are going wrong, you're now saying, look how full I am. Look how rich I am. Look how perfect my life is now you're a magnet for all of those things you're a magnet for perfection you're a magnet for beauty you're a magnet for success and excellence Mm -hmm. think about your successes maybe you haven't achieved the next one but you know think about what you have accomplished Mm -hmm. you know and so that's so important to turn yourself through gratitude into a magnet for good yeah beautifully put mark any daily routine high performance tips I'll just do one tip, and that is you really need to write down long-term goals. In other words, back to Elon Musk, he wrote down the five things he wanted to do when he matriculated to Stanford. Now, obviously, he'd already made $500,000 as a 12-year-old kid, so he knew how to make money. He had an undergraduate degree at at, uh, McGill, I think it was, in Canada in economics. Now he's getting a doctorate in physics. The point is, he said, these are the five giant things I want to do during my lifetime. I want to be in energy creation, production, and storage. I want to be in what today we call Neuralink. I want to be, and the first one was, you know, uh, so Tesla, originally Solar City and then Tesla. And he wanted all those five things. What I'm saying is every one of us has to go into that secret place of the most high, which I'm going to call detachment, figure out, keep saying to yourself 50 to 100 times, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? And you do it through all the zones, but we'll just do the business zone. And then you got to do the family zone and the spiritual zone, the emotional zone, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But stay in the business. Where do you want to be five and 10 years from now? What do you want to pull off? And Alan, you know, and all these guys are going into space at this time, your neighbor there and everybody else. The point I'm making is they didn't do anything different than you did, except they asked big questions. They said, look, not only do I want to be a millionaire, but a billionaire and whatever that, but I also want to go into space. But for mm-hmm. you and I, what do you want to do? Well, I want to get 4 billion people that are illiterate, literate, because I think to be able to read is the ability to be freed. And and so we can all do that for the first time in history because we have the technology, but I don't know anyone else saying, let's get these 4 billion people reading and free back to crystals thing about how free are you and how free do you want to stay? So we make sure we, at every level, we're looking at what it takes to be free. And one of the ways to be free at a simple human level is you got to exercise each and every day, which we, like before we started talking, we told you we'd already climbed the highest mountain here. So 
Yeah, and asking questions and learning to ask questions well is a form of freedom too, right? Yeah. I would imagine I would imagine if you can read, you're probably going to ask better questions as well, right? Or at least entertain. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get people reading. <laughs> okay, guys, this has been fantastic. I, I really appreciate everything, all the wisdom that you've dropped on us. I really appreciate the knowledge. It's been, I'm so grateful. If the listeners want to learn more about what you guys have going on or where they can find a book, where's the best place they can do that at? Sure. Yeah. I'm at crystalvisionlife.com and I have mm-hmm. like a free gift there. It's a, it's an audio. It's, it's called Purge Messy Thinking, which a lot of people can use. So grab it if you, if you need I can that. use some of that right now. Yeah. Purge yeah. Messy <laughs> Thinking is a good one. And uh, Mark, uh, of course, it's markvictorhanson.com. And uh, he's got a, a free book called How to Be Up in Down Times. Nice. And, but yeah, go to get the book Ask. Um, you know, probably easier to go to Amazon, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. And it's some of the indie, independent bookstores. Um, but yeah, so get the book, ask the bridge from your dreams to your destiny, and then please join us for our free webinar, because we want to help people take it forward to the next level. Keep the asking journey going. We want to create a million master askers in the next, uh, couple of years. So join us and let's do this together. Askthebookclub.com. Cool. We'll put the links in all those show notes. You guys, thank, thank you. Very much, Chris. Thank you again so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it and sharing all of your knowledge. Thank you so much. Thank you. Listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for tuning in once again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our six, seven, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.